2: <laughs> hey guys did you like our episode last week with the accidental gay parents Tristan and Biff have been some of my very favorite people to interview and now you yep, yeah, you get a chance to ask them anything you want we are hosting a Facebook Live Q&A with Tristan and Biff where they'll answer your questions about life as a pregnant trans man and his partner, which we figured was better than Biff's original plan.
0: I've been trying to convince Tristan to Facebook Live the birth, but... But he's he's not too keen. That. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, but what if we're just like filming our faces?
2: <laughs> our actual Q&A will be happening live on the Longest Shortest Times Facebook page on Friday, June 16th at 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 11 a.m. Pacific. Mark it in your calendar and make sure to follow us on our Facebook page so that you don't miss this exciting event. All right, so a few weeks ago... We invited some guests into our studio here in New York, and we asked them to tell us when they were kids, what did they think of step parents?
3: the evil stepmother. It was always in an evil connotation. It was never like, oh, she's such a wonderful person. A stepdad, I don't even know that I had a perception. I probably, the only stepdad that I knew of was like the Brady Bunch.
4: Yeah, but it it seemed so fake. It was as fake as the astroturf in their backyard.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like a lot of us, their ideas about step-parents were based on fairy tales and sitcoms. But all three of these people
3: had their impressions turned upside down when they became step-parents themselves. My name is Jillian, um, my stepson is nine years old, my two biological sons are five and three years old. This is Lindsay, my stepdaughter is 18.
4: This is John, I have a 24-year-old daughter and a 22-year-old stepdaughter and a 20-year-old stepdaughter.
2: And this is The Longest Shortest Time, I'm Hillary Frank. Blended families are more common now than ever. We know that tons of you out there are step-parents or have step-parents. We actually found our guests today through a call-out we did looking for step-parents. And I'm pleased to say we found three people with very different experiences. So today, we're going to sit down with Jillian, Lindsay, and John, and we're going to hear just how much variety there can be in step-parenting. They're each gonna tell us how they found themselves in blended families. And then we're gonna hear some of the unique challenges and surprising advantages of parenthood when kids come to you because of who you're dating. So Jillian, Lindsay and John came to our studio in New York and while they're all local, that's pretty much where their similarities end. They're all different ages. They met their partners at different stages in their lives. They all have different cultural backgrounds. And these differences are exactly why we wanted to bring them all together. So I want to have you each tell your story of becoming a step-parent. And I know they're, they're step-parents and biological parents. Uh, so just tell tell the story of your family structure, how you became a, a parent and a step-parent.
3: Let's start with you. Okay. So this is Jillian. Um It was my last year of residency, and I was in the CCU overnight with one of my interns, and I told him how I gave up on dating. Jillian's a doctor now. She practices internal medicine. She's
2: African-American. Her family is from Jamaica. And back when Jillian was in her late 20s, she was meeting guys online, going on lots of dates. But those dates never really went anywhere. Nobody seemed like a good fit. One night, she decided that was it. She was calling it quits with online dating. She was on her shift at the hospital, told her intern she was done. The intern convinced her to try just one more site.
3: And I put my profile up and I saw a black and white picture and the most endearing story about himself and his son. The guy in the picture was Eric, a white guy with a cute gap tooth smile. And his
2: profile was all about how much he loved fatherhood. Jillian was into it. But her friends were like, wait, 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 are you sure you want to date a dad? Jillian thought about it. She was almost 30. She knew she wanted a family eventually. So she
3: ignored her friends and sent Eric a message. So we went on a date and he told me all about his son and he sounded wonderful. Um, He had been divorced, um, you know, uh, before his son was born. and, And so by the time I came into his life, he was about two years old. Jillian had to work pretty hard to impress this toddler. And I remember coming off of like an overnight shift and he's like, hey, I'm with my son. Do you want to come and meet up? And I'm like, no, I'm dirty. I haven't showered. (laughs) I don't have a toy for him. Like, what, you know, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to bring? How is he going to like me? Still, though, Jillian thought this kid is two. Surely
2: I can win over a two year old. Jillian's always liked kids. She's got nephews. But
3: she didn't expect for Eric's kid to be so shy or so attached to his dad. You know, it would be me and my dog, Ginger, and then on one side of the couch, and then my husband and his son on the other side of the couch with him saying, Daddy, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I'm just sitting there with my dog, Ginger, like, petting her. (laughs) Like, oh, this is fun. This is awesome. (laughs) This is going to be great. Jillian and Eric eventually got married.
2: She was officially a stepmom, which meant she found herself doing a thing most of us don't imagine doing as newlyweds. She had to interact with her husband's ex. So what was that like, like integrating yourself into that relationship?
3: Oh, that's the hardest part. (laughs) I think like on the Brady Bunch, they show you how, you know, there's this husband and wife who are together because, you know, they're widows. And it takes away a lot more of the confusion and a lot more of the... The harder part of blending a family, you know, if you come in and you have this role as mom because mom is not around, it's much easier to know your role versus when there is a mom and you're like, well, am I the aunt? Am I like the cousin? Am I the sister? Like, who am I supposed to be? Do I discipline? Do I not? I don't want to be that evil. You know, because in your head, it's all the time, I don't want to be the evil stepmom. Whenever it was the day when he would come over, I would almost have like anxiety and I would feel like I'm walking on eggshells and like, it's not my house. You know, like this is his house and his son's house while I'm there. I'm just like hanging around, you know, and it, me and Ginger would be in my bedroom while they would be in, in the, the dog. living room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when her stepson was five, Jillian and Eric had their first
2: baby together.
3: And then 20 months later, we had my second biological son. So it's my three boys, four if you include my husband. (laughs) So how old are all of the children now? So my my, my stepson is the oldest. I call him my bonus. That's what I picked up in one of my stepmoms group. I'm a bonus mom and he's my bonus son, which he likes that term. Um, So he's... Nine going on 10. My um, first biological son is uh, four and a half. So he's going to be five soon. And then my last one, my little troublemaker, he's going to be three. Okay. Um, So now let's turn to Lindsay. Lindsay,
2: tell me your origin story of becoming a parent. Sure. I met my current
5: husband um, in 2010. I was 23.
2: Back then, Lindsay was working as a concert usher, had just moved to New York City from her hometown upstate. And there was this kind of cute guy who was also working who had this really deep voice,
5: but he's this kind of petite Asian man. And so every time he spoke, I was kind of
2: startled. Like, where is that sound coming from? Eventually, this deep voice that seemed to come from nowhere grew on Lindsay. The guy's name was Peter. She went on a date with him. Then a few more. Like Jillian and Eric, Lindsay and Peter are a mixed couple. She's white. He's Chinese-American.
5: And about a month in,
2: I think he realized
5: that we really liked each other and he hadn't really talked about having a daughter. And he was like, there's something I need to tell you. I don't talk about myself with people very often, but you need to know this. And um, it was very surprising to me because I was 23,
2: he was 32, and his daughter was 11 at the time. Which makes Lindsay just a dozen years older than Peter's daughter.
5: And as a 23-year-old who had lived in New York City for less than a year, I had no intention of dating someone that I thought I would want to marry or dating someone who, I think even if if he had had a younger kid, I might have been like, okay, so I'm going to have to be a parent. But it felt very, um, how do I fit into this person's life, um... When I, I, I was really nervous telling any of my friends or family that I was dating this guy who had an 11-year-old, I didn't want to tell them because I was like, he's really amazing. And I wanted them to get to know him as a person and not be like, oh, but he's got a kid. Oh, he's got an
2: 11-year-old um, because he was a really young parent. Once Lindsay found out about Peter's daughter, she says the stakes of their relationship felt higher. It was more serious, which made Lindsay think about what she wanted for her future. And we ended up
5: having to have all these conversations after only dating for a month, you know, like about what, where do you, see, do you want to get married at some point? Do you want to have kids besides this daughter that you already have? That were things that I was like, this is way too soon to be having these conversations, but I don't think this relationship should keep going if this if this person doesn't want what I want. Um, and so in a way, we actually, I think, ended up having a really strong basis for our relationship because we had to talk through all these things that now when I hear some of my friends saying how, oh, we haven't talked about that, I'm like, how could you not have talked about that? And then I realized it, we had this situation that, like, forced us to have these kind of uncomfortable conversations really early on.
2: And what was it like for you getting integrated into um, yeah in, into your stepdaughter's life before you were like a parent, parental figure to her?
5: Um I was really nervous. And I also never felt like I could initiate conversations. I don't know why I felt that way. I just felt like I was intruding. And my stepdaughter, she's she's not shy. She's just very introverted and quiet. And so there can be a lot of times where you're having a conversation and it's a lot of yes, no. And then all of a sudden she's really talkative about something and it's like, where is this coming from? And this is really cool. I don't want to say the wrong thing and shut this down. <laughs> um, and so I think the, f- the first uh, few times of doing stuff with her, especially family dinners, um, I just did a lot of observing
2: and kind of waiting. Yeah. Uh, so, John, tell me how you became a stepparent.
4: Sure. I mean, <clears throat> so um, my wife and I actually were friends before we got together, like we knew each, we've known each other for a very long time.
2: John met his current wife, Melissa, in the 90s, when they both worked at New York Magazine. At the time, they were just colleagues. They were both married to other people, had their own
4: families. We didn't really know each other's children very well. We knew each other's spouses a little bit, like we'd met them at, at work functions and stuff. Um, you know, So it wasn't like strangers were coming into each other's lives out of nowhere. Um, but that was the case with the kids, because the kids are not part of your work life usually.
2: But John and Melissa discovered they were both going through breakups at the same time, and they connected, started seeing each other. As things got serious, they started figuring out how to blend their existing families. John had one daughter. Melissa had
4: two. At that time, the kids were, I guess they were seven, five, and three of the math work, something like that. So they were really, really young. And we knew that it was, it would be easier for the oldest child to kind of you start with the old with my daughter first to kind of like integrate her into our social life and you know have her spend time with my wife Melissa, um, and have them build up some of a relationship and then you know gradually see how that goes and then you know now it's time to introduce the children. And of course, they're little kids. And when little kids meet other little kids, you know, the first time we introduced them, they wanted to have a sleepover. Like, well, we're going to take a little slow. (laughs) Let's do it, not do it this time. But actually, you know, not that much long after that, we did start having sleepovers. And then the visitation time that I had with my daughter and, uh, you know, the custody or visitation time that um, Melissa had with her daughters, we started combining them sometimes, you know. So I think that it was just this gradual thing where we just kind of like integrated everybody together.
2: It wasn't without a few hiccups, though. After all, John's daughter went from being an only child to the oldest of three. And Melissa's oldest.
4: My older stepdaughter was the oldest one in her family. And then when we combined our families together, all of a sudden she became a middle child. And I think it was hardest on her.
2: And did you ever have a biological child with Melissa? No.
4: And that okay. was, it was funny because um, a lot of our friends would always say, oh, you guys should have a kid together. It'd be so cute. And we would think, we have three already. It's like, you know, that seems like <laughs> indulgent. And, you know, it's like, who wants that heavy lift? Like Jillian and Lindsay, John's family is also multi-ethnic. So I'm Filipino. My ex-wife is half Jewish and half Puerto Rican. So our daughter is, you know, the mixture of that. Um, uh, Melissa's daughters are half, she's Jewish, and her ex-husband is English. So her daughters are a mixture of all of that. So there's a lot of of different things going in there. But the one thing we have in common is that we all come from multicultural, extremely left-wing and liberal Brooklyn. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, there are common values, I think, between Uh everybody there.
2: Coming up, disciplining kids when they don't quite feel like yours to discipline. Jillian even tries out her old-school Jamaican technique on me. Stay with us.
3: Say advertisement. Advertisement. Good job.
6: Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.
0: Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer
1: with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. 7th generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula.
2: We are back with Jillian, Lindsay, and John, who are all parents in blended families. Now, becoming a stepparent, of course, comes with some unique struggles. For Jillian, the, the woman who met her stepson when he was a toddler, the biggest hurdle early on was simply connecting.
3: When she spent time with this kid, he would just cling to his dad. Initially, I thought maybe he didn't like me. And I remember one time he... He got croup and he had a fever and he was wheezing. And, you know, I was supposed to go out to this fantastic party called the Freedom Party that happens like in the (laughs) downtown here. I, I went to go like hug him and say, okay, well, I'll stay here. And I told my friends and I went to go pick him up and be like motherly. And he just like mushed me out of the way and like grabbed onto my husband. And I was just like, this kid is never going to like me. Even when he's sick, he wants no part of me. Jillian felt rejected, and she found herself making
2: excuses to spend less time with her stepson, finding ways to be out of the house when he was
3: around. Because I felt so uncomfortable, like those were the days that I would find like a Pilates class or I would make dates with my friends and say, well, he's coming over really to see you. He doesn't want to see me. He's there. He's he's only telling you he loves you. He's not saying anything to me. And I remember one time we just had a huge blow up and, and, and I was like, I, 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 you know, he's doing this, he's doing that. I don't like this. I don't like that. I'm, I'm a stranger. And then my husband just finally like yelled and was like, well, then just help me then. I need your help. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you know how sometimes you have a fight that really
2: motivates you to change your behavior for Jillian. This was one of those. She realized she was actually a parent in this situation. And if she didn't want to feel like a bystander, all she needed to do was act like a parent, step in when she thought something was right or wrong. She also started going to a support group for stepmoms, where for the first time, she heard out loud other people expressing how
3: much they were struggling too. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not crazy. This this is actually like real, <laughs> like, you know, all these things that I'm thinking in my head. And then that's when it fell into place. And one thing that one of the head of the co- of the step parents group said to me was, you know, I said to her, Whenever we're at the table, I never look him in the eye. I don't know why. Like, I just sit to the side, and as he's talking, I'm eating, or he's talking to Eric and stuff. She was like, just start looking him in the eye and talking to him. The child. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. to my stepson. And so then that night I went home, and he was over, and, and I started looking him in the eye, and he started looking me in the eye. And I don't know, it was like this weird little connection that happened. And then, like, this guard just fell down all of a sudden. It was... And then since then, it's, you know, it's, I say there's peaks and valleys and I fall in and out of love with him. But then having your own biological kids, you realize it's the same exact thing also. There are days when you hate them and days when you love them. (laughs) 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 And it took me, it took that for me to realize it. Lindsay told the
2: group that her earliest challenge actually had very little to do with her stepdaughter. The
5: hardest thing for me was actually dealing with my own feelings of conflict that I was inserting myself into my now husband's life, and I felt
2: like I was this interloper that didn't belong there. Part of this feeling for Lindsay had to do with her ethnicity. Remember, she's white. Her husband is Chinese-American. He was actually born in Hong Kong. And his daughter and her mom are also Chinese-American. They all speak Cantonese. So do Peter's parents. But not Lindsay. She felt like an outsider. Like, maybe she didn't belong in this family.
5: I think the biggest turning point was when... My stepdaughter was graduating from middle school, and I really wanted to go, but I didn't know—I knew that her mom was going to be there, and I didn't know if she would want me there, and I didn't want to feel like I was there and, and making her feel like she couldn't enjoy this time. So we made sure that she was okay with me being there, and the ceremony finished, and we all went out to dinner, and then we all went to the subway together. And I will never forget this. Her mom shook my hand and said, "'Thank you so much for coming.'" and when they left i looked at my now husband and i said i can't believe she shook my my hand that is so huge and of course my husband had just went over his head and he was like oh yeah i guess that's nice and i was like nice that was the like stamp of approval that this is okay that you're in our life and you're welcome to be here um so that was that was a
2: huge huge relief for me at family dinners lindsay would do a lot of observing trying to figure out what people were saying Peter would do his best to translate, but sometimes he'd just get caught up in the conversation. And um, I have
5: to say that I started realizing that when my stepdaughter and her mom were at dinners, I actually had more people to talk to because they seemed more aware of the fact that I didn't understand what was going on, especially um, my stepdaughter's mom. She actually, I would say, is has been the most aware of cluing me in when things are going on. And so... It actually turned into the point where anytime there was a family dinner, I
2: was like, so uh, is your daughter and her mom going to be there? Like, really wanting them to be there? Surprisingly for Lindsay, her husband's ex became a sort of bridge to a new culture, to her new family. But before this all starts sounding too much like a sappy rom-com, let's hear what John had to say on this topic.
4: Yeah, the biggest challenge that I had, I think, was actually my ex-wife, who I didn't have a great relationship with.
2: Yeah, we can't forget that step-parenting often comes out of divorce. And when you're divorced with kids, you don't just have to deal with your partner's ex. You have to deal with your own ex. For John,
4: it was tense. My greatest fear was that the extreme uh, contentiousness that I had with my ex-wife would be spilling over not just into my daughter's life, but also into my stepdaughter's lives, that they were being affected by it, and then it created a weird dynamic between me, my wife, and my ex-wife, where you know who hated each other the wor- the most. <laughs> you know, it was like a competition to see who could be angry at each other, and that wasn't healthy for anyone. And despite all of our best efforts, I know it must have bled over into the kids in some way, so that they, even if they were too young to know that there was that there was an issue there or there was a problem they could feel
3: it yeah Hi, this is jillian oh, just to to add to what you say you know um my my stepson's mom and i have no relationship we we don't talk So when I go to his baseball games, when I go to his basketball games, we sit at opposite sides of the bleachers. We don't talk. And, you know, and I worry about in the future or even now, you know, if my stepson realizes that, that we don't really talk with each other, that we don't, you know, I worry about that in the future, how that's going to affect him. And obviously, eventually he's going to pick up on the fact that we don't we don't talk and we don't really have a, a good relationship.
2: Navigating all this ex-stuff is still a struggle for Jillian and John, but in other ways, they feel like they're winning at step-parenting. John's big win comes from how his stepdaughters refer to him when they're with friends.
4: You know, one of the sweetest things is that the kids, as, you know, little kids, teenagers, and now adults, they, they always refer to us all as their parents, which is, it's really nice. You know, I'm their stepdad and they know that and we're very, we're very clear about it and we're very respectful of the other parents. Um, but they do when they introduce us. Oh, these are my parents. You know, this is my mom. This is my stepdad. But they always refer to us generally as their parents, which is nice.
3: Yeah, oh, I Jillian. Just want, this is Jillian. I just wanted to agree with John on that. You know, there was a long time when I didn't, didn't know how my stepson thought of me, if he just thought of me as, you know, he's always called me Jill. Jillian says this year, on Mother's Day, she got a rare glimpse into how her stepson sees her. My biological son, I get his... his Mother's Day thing, and it says, you know, I love you because you feed me. And that's his his (laughs) picture is there. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. I'm giving him life. I guess that's great. And then my husband was like, you know, he went to a Yankee game, so I didn't see him and and my stepson before I came home. So he was like, he left you two things in the the dining room. And I was like, okay. So I came home, and then there was, like, I saw a paper bag, and I saw a, a little potted plant with, like, flowers in it. And then, like, in there it said, you know, to mom, working, interesting, you know, I forget what it was, generous. I love my stepmom, Jill. And oh my God, like, look at this. My biological son tells me I feed him. (laughs) But my stepson tells me I'm like interesting and generous and hardworking and everything else. This is Lindsay. Um, I feel like my
5: perspective is slightly different just because I've never actually felt that I needed to do any parenting um, because my stepdaughter was 11 when I met her. And then well, she was seventeen when we got married, and she was fourteen when we moved in together. And I actually felt that the negative thing for me would be to try and insert myself as a parental figure. Um, and so I've actually always wondered how she talks about me. If people ask who I am, I I don't actually know if she refers to me as stepmom or if it's just Lindsay or if it's just um, my my dad's wife. What does she um, call you? She just calls me Lindsay. Um, but I've always just felt like we're just really good friends.
4: Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. that. Is that how you see her? Basically, she, does she see you and do you see her as a friend? Because you came into each other's lives when she was a lot older. And yeah. And like this cool older sister almost or yeah, older friend. Yeah. I think
5: that that is the best dynamic I can compare it to.
2: And Lindsay, you are much closer in age to your stepdaughter than your husband is. Yeah. Before. And that actually is a very funny thing that... Um,
5: one day my husband and I were out somewhere and he asked me if I thought that millennials were obsessed with technology and I had been doing something on my phone. And so I kind of looked at him a little peaked and I said,
2: remind us how old
1: you
5: are. Oh, sorry. I'm 30. Um, and my husband is going to be turning 40 this fall. And I said, do you mean like me right now? And he said, (laughs) he said, no, I don't mean you. I mean like the younger generation. And I was looking at him and he said, you know, like, like, like my daughter and millennials. And I said, um, I am technically a millennial. So, and he was like, oh, oh, I see what I've done here. Um, but it's also very bizarre to me that I'm technically considered in the same generation as my stepdaughter because we do have very different perspectives and experiences with technology or even just... She's how old now? She's 18. Um, but even just music, I mean, one of my favorite things is when I'm listening to what was my favorite music in high school and listening to it, um, doing cleaning or something, and I'll look at her and I'll say, "You don't even know who this is, do you?" And so we I, it was in sync, and she was like, "No." And I said, well, you know Justin Timberlake, right? And she said, "Oh yes." And I said, "Well, that's how Justin Timberlake got his start." And it was—it's kind of like I'm gonna—I'm gonna educate you about this, this this really fun, you know, culture that was really exciting to me. And she kind of always just like rolls her eyes at me a little bit, but it's—it's it's this fun give and take that we have.
2: Does anybody ever feel like you're stepping over your parental boundaries
3: with? The children who are your steps. So this is Jillian. So I came from a very like strict upbringing and stuff. So, you know, um, with my family, you know, the older generation Jamaicans, it's like, be seen and not heard, you're not supposed to question, you're not supposed to, you know, fight authority and things like that. So it was really a stretch when I came into my husband's life and he was so like lackadaisical, you know, with my stepson when, when, when I first came into life. And um, and, and now it, it turned it turned out that I became more of a disciplinarian for him than even my husband is at times. Sometimes we're at home and I'll hear him What's say What's your something. technique?
2: What yeah. do you do?
3: <laughs> I, they say I have like a, a the the look of death that I give which I got from my dad, you know. You just give that look and then it's Can like Can I see it?
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Those eyes, daggers, I tell you. you know, Trust me, you do not want to piss off Jillian. You know? uh. So you give
3: the look of death and then it's like that's it. Like, you know, like were there times when like you would watch things going down and you were like I want to step in, but I Oh, that was a total beginning of 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 us together. It was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this kid did this. Oh, and like, you're sitting there and I'm like, okay, I just got to walk away. I did so much cleaning of my house when we first lived together <laughs> that it was like spotless all the time. Cause all I would do was go around the house and clean. If I was like frustrated that they were, he was doing something, you know, like when I first met my husband, he was drinking like nothing but like diet soda at like two and a half years old. And it like freaked me out. And I had to, I printed out article after article telling him why it's not healthy, da, 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 you know? And like, I had to like kind of insert myself that way. And then one day I said, I said to him, I was like, you know, it's going to come a time when we have kids of our own, and if I'm tiptoeing and I can't discipline him, they're going to be different rules and it's not going to be fair to them because then I'm going to be so strict with them and then not so with him, you know? And he's like, well, no, I don't want it to be that way. I want it to be the same overall. So I really knew like I was a parent to my stepson when I would say the same exact thing to him as I would say to my other two kids. And that's how it is now. You know, I talk to him exactly the way that I would, I would talk to them. Like as soon as he comes home, like he knows exactly what to do, you know, because we have this whole regimen and, and, stuff, so. and that's because of you. Yeah, <laughs> my husband won't deny it either. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this is John, and yeah, I want I, I just expanding on that. Um, you know, I came out of a similar. I came out of a culture where. The mothers took care of everything and the fathers really were not part of the child rearing or any of that stuff. They kind of they worked and they, you know, they would be there in case there were any real trouble, you know. But the real parenting and the real child rearing was was coming from the mother in, in Filipino culture. There's usually there's usually a, a very much the women in the family or, or in the household took care of all that stuff.
2: When John became a dad, he wanted to be softer than the macho Filipino disciplinarian dudes that he grew up with.
4: I was definitely moving into that sphere of like I was the cool dad who was like the one who always had fun with them and would take them to games and would play with them in the park and do all that, quote, fun stuff. So it was more a matter of my, my wife now wanting me to do more, actually, and say, hey, you know, you could, you could weigh in on this stuff. I don't have to be the one who's always telling the kids, uh, always telling them, well, it's time for bed and it's time, you know, it's always like where the rules were coming into play. Melissa was the one who was implementing them.
2: Lindsay told the group she's actually never disciplined her stepdaughter. She doesn't think it's her place, but also her stepdaughter is a laid-back kid who doesn't get in a lot of trouble. The place where Lindsay does struggle is knowing that because she's only about a decade older than her stepdaughter, she's inevitably a role model. Within
5: the first year of living together, I remember I had a really stressful day at work, and I really just wanted to go home and have a glass of red wine. But it was going to be the weekend that my stepdaughter was with us, and I was like, I don't know if I'm allowed to drink in front of her. <laughs> and I was really like, I was like, I'm, no, I shouldn't. Could I? No, I shouldn't. And so I got home, and and really I really one I, glass. I don't. Of red well, wine. I honestly had no idea because <laughs> the I didn't. I just like <laughs> it was kind of that feeling of of as you mentioned, feeling a that you are not you're kind of a stranger in your own home. And so I got home and I told my husband, I was like, Yeah, I really wanted a glass of wine, but I didn't get any. And he was like, Why don't you just get a bottle of wine and bring it home? And I said, Well, can can we drink in front of her? And he just died laughing. He was like, Yes, you can have a glass of wine in front of her. It's not a big deal.
2: <laughs> in a minute, one of the surprising perks of step parenting, when your ex is in the picture,
6: don't go away. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: we're back with jillian Lindsay, and john in our step-parenting roundtable jillian remember is african-american
3: and her stepson is white he is the most like Caucasian kid you could ever think of. He has, like, blonde (laughs) hair, green eyes, freckles, like, you know.
2: Jillian says she gets a kick out of going out with her two biological sons, who are mixed race, and her
3: stepson. People are like, oh, who's this? And I'm like, oh, this is my son. And then they'll look at me for a second, like, what? (laughs) Trying to do the math. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Jillian loves how being in a mixed family gives all the kids opportunities to learn new stuff. Like, a few weeks ago,
3: she went on a trip to the Dominican Republic. I put extensions in my hair and he didn't see me. And then when I went to go pick him up at school, he looked at me, he was like, did you grow your hair? And I was like, no, it's actually braids. So he like comes up and he's like touching my hair and he's like watching as I'm taking the hair out, like amazed <laughs> <laughs> of the concept of like extensions and everything else. So, like, but was that okay for you? Because I know that's a touchy subject. No, no, no. I love it. I, yeah. I love like, you know, teaching him about all this stuff. He listens, the, the best thing is that he listens, my kids listen to all different types of music. So, you know, at one moment they'll be listening to, you know, the Rolling Stones or they'll be listening to my, 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 My middle son is like on his Missy Elliott kick. So he listens to that all the time. And, you know, my my stepson will teach them about, you know, Justin Timberlake and Beastie Boys. So they listen to all different types of music. John, you had something you wanted to say? Oh,
4: yeah. I actually had some stuff to talk about with race, too, because, as I said before, I'm Filipino and uh, my daughter is half Filipino. And there is that difference in look. So when we first got together, and I think my older stepdaughter was realizing that we looked different, and we just, we didn't look like they did. She, and she found out where my family was from. She asked her mother in complete honesty. She said, Mom, are, are we Philippine now? <laughs> 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 and she had to explain to her, no, but your stepdad you're, and your and your stepsister are, and that's, that's just part of our family. That's how we do it.
2: Was it hard to be... Uh, starting to date your partner while they had a child, like, just seems like it complicates it a lot. But then on the other hand, I can imagine like if you are, if you went into this relationship and you had children, then like you get alone time because they're sort of a built-in babysitter with with the other partners. Talk to me about this. Can
4: I uh, jump in on this one? I'm yes. Sorry. So yeah, that was definitely that's definitely one of the perks of having of coming from a former relationship where you have kids and having another parent and sharing custody. So you always have built, and w- and my wife and I actually worked out the, the custody time where we would have the kids at the same time. So we were parents in a family for for a week and then the and then we were uh, a couple, a childless couple, the other week. So we had we had the best of both worlds. So we can go out and go to dinner and go to movies and stuff one week, and then do all the family stuff the other week. And so yeah, that was that was actually one of the perks.
2: Now John, as we heard earlier, chose not to expand his family after blending it. He did not make a new human with his new wife, but Jillian did. She made two new humans. As for the youngest in our group, Lindsay, it's kind of fascinating because. My husband will
5: basically be completing the childhood part of parenting. And I asked him, I said, are you sure you're ready to do it all over again? And um, it's something that we are being—I get asked about a lot. My husband doesn't get asked as much because he's a guy. But it's something that we're talking about probably in the next—because I'm 30, the next five years, it'll be something that we want to happen.
4: Uh, this is john the i guess it's weird you know it uh, it's we're almost at the end it seems like i'm the, we're at the end of a stage because we have our two oldest kids have both graduated from college now and are working um and the youngest one is is, is uh, going to be a uh, a junior in college um this fall and they're all they've all become The people, I guess, you know, the the earliest stage of the people that they're going to be. So it's really weird interacting with them as adults now.
2: At this point, John says the marriages, the divorces, the remarriages, the steps and the bonuses, that stuff doesn't matter so much anymore. The awkward dynamics are kind of over. And now it's just time to be in his relationship and watch the kids not be kids anymore.
4: Yeah, I guess mission accomplished, mission accomplished. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly.
2: you guys so many of you are step parents or you have step parents and we want to hear your stories go to longestshortesttime.com and tell us the ups the downs the surprising perks in the comments for this episode that's episode 126 this episode was produced by me, Hilary Frank, with Abigail Keel and Kristen Clark. We are edited by Peter Clowney. Our engineers are Pete Karam and Jared O'Connell. Our technical director is the Reverend John Delore. Our music is performed by HotMoms.gov and directed by Allison Layton Brown. We get editorial support from Amory Baldonado, Antonia Akatunde, and Rekha Murthy. Now... We've all got family secrets, right? Well, next week on The Longest Shortest Time, one of my favorite journalists puzzles over how to reveal his family secret to his five-year-old. Hey, sweetie, after dinner tonight and after your bath
1: and after whatever terrible Nickelodeon or Disney show you're going to watch tonight, I have a family secret I want to tell you that's going to absolutely blow your
3: mind. I'm not sure how well that will go over.
2: Do not miss this amazing episode with Matt Katz just in time for Father's Day. Subscribe to The Longest Shortest Time in Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or wherever you like, and make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter where you can get a note directly from me in your inbox each week, along with news and announcements about the show. Just go to our website and put your email in the little box there on the homepage. And as always, here at The Longest Shortest Time, we are looking for your stories. Tell us anything surprising about your family, your kids, your parents, all of it. Go to LongestShortestTime.com and submit your story.
0: I'm Stephen Dubner, host of Freakonomics Radio and also of a new podcast called Tell Me Something I Don't Know. It is live journalism wrapped in a game show with super smart contestants, celebrity panelists, and a live fact checker. Our first two seasons got 8 million listens, and now we are back with a third. You never know what you're going to learn.
6: Instead of taking the old kidneys out, a surgeon will opt to leave the new kidneys in. And they'll just keep adding them in, as many as they can fit.
0: (laughs) Turns out that the term three sheets to the wind is actually a miller's term. It comes from windmills, which are supposed to have four sails or four sheets. And if the miller forgets one of them, the windmill starts shaking and stumbling like a drunk person. Ah,
1: I did not know that. that.
0: (laughs) Subscribe to Tell Me Something I Don't Know on Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can catch up on our first two seasons and don't you dare miss season three. Thanks.
1: Stitcher. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience.